here in July when I had the good fortune to be here. Um, I said I was for several years a UU, and I love being able to say that, and you know what I'm talking about, because the city doesn't, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I was a UU for many years until I settled on a, a Buddhist path. Um, and as, as was just mentioned, I, I love sharing Buddhist timeless wisdom. It's applicable um, to Buddhists and non-Buddhists alike. And of course, in a UU congregation, we love it all, right? <laughs> the minister that I had did a sermon once upon a time saying, our loose-leaf approach, you know? <laughs> put, cobbling together our own books, right? So one of the things that drew me almost immediately when I first started attending a Unitarian church, Unitarian Universalist church, was this notion of the interdependent web of existence, life, what do we say? What do you say? Of all life. Of all life. There you go. It's like, yeah, that. It, it just resonated, didn't it? You know. And I think for a lot of people, they turn up um, at, a, at a church such as, this, such as this, and they're hearing things that just make sense. So from one point of view, we already know, we recognize this interdependence. Uh, but are we embracing it fully and making the most of it? Because reality is that we exist in dependence upon one another. That's why I had us just meditate on our breakfast. I hope you enjoyed that reflection on... Hopefully it didn't make you hungry again, but, you know, to me it's amazing. You have a bowl of muesli with nuts and fruits and different grains, and you think, how many living beings did it take to bring me that? It, it changes your experience of that bowl of cereal, you know, because we can eat breakfast quite mindlessly, can't we? Right? <laughs> And amusedly, <laughs> so I'm going to bre- I'm going to dip into this beautiful book. It's called Transform Your Life: A Blissful Journey. Uh, it was written by my teacher, who Jeff very kindly put up here. His name is Geshe Kelsang. He's been resident in the West since 1979. Uh, came to England as an invitation and has gotten to know us very well in the last 30 plus years. So this is a section called Learning to Cherish Others. It says, in short, we need others for our physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Without others, we are nothing. Our sense that we are an island, an independent, self-sufficient individual, bears no relation to reality. It is closer to the truth to picture ourselves as a cell in the vast body of life distinct yet intimately bound up with all living beings. We cannot cannot exist without others, and they, in turn, are affected by everything we do. Everything we do affects others. So I think that's quite powerful to contemplate because I think we recognize the web and we think about it from time to time. But from Buddhist point of view, this is reality, that we are utterly dependent upon others and everything we have, everything we enjoy, comes from others. Now, maybe you grow cotton and you have a, a loom and you know how to sew. Uh, so maybe you're able to make your own clothes. In this group, there probably is somebody. 
you know. Uh, maybe you grow a lot of your food, right? But in the end, finally, we're dependent upon others. And right now, I love that you're sitting in really nice, comfy chairs. Because have you ever thought, as you sat down on a Sunday morning, oh, how kind someone was to make these chairs. <laughs> That's not what was, can I see? Can I hear? You're like, we're, you know, we don't sit down and just think, manifestation of the kindness of others. <sighs> But that's reality, right? So we exist utterly dependent upon others. Everything we have comes from others. Our opinions, where do they come from? Others. You know, you get your New York Times, you get a little salon.com, I don't know where you're reading, but you know, you got your bits and bobs. Maybe you've subscribed to the nation for decades, whatever it is, you know. Mother Earth News, I don't know. But we, we cobble our bits together, don't we? Our opinions that we hold rather strongly to. Oh, they come from others. <laughs> your house, your home comes from others. I worked long and hard to pay for that. Yes, because somebody taught you how to earn money. Somebody taught you many things, right? Yeah, your ability to earn the money to be in that home came from others, right? And thinking of the example of the chair, you know, is the chair a manifestation of kindness or did that guy just have to, you know, clock in and work and go on home? He, he didn't care who sat in his chair. From one point of view, it makes it an even greater manifestation of kindness to think how hard somebody might have worked to make that chair for us. But then again, these look like church chairs. There are catalogs for ch church chairs. I don't know if you know this, yeah. And um, so you like, maybe this guy is just thrilled. He goes to work every day at the church chair factory. <laughs> He's like, someone's going to sit in our chairs and their mind won't be distracted from the sermon because their tushy's going to be comfy. <sighs> We don't know, and it doesn't matter at all. What matters is that we're experiencing the kindness of others, even just sitting in a chair. You know, So this is a much more extensive web of kindness than maybe we're used to. But it bears consideration, because your bowl of cereal will taste infinitely better if you're viewing it as a manifestation of the kindness of others, and not the outrageous price of muesli these days, right? <laughs> So our actions affect others. This is another aspect of this web, isn't it? Our actions affect others, and we in turn are affected by theirs. But let's, it's always easier to stick with our own actions, isn't it? Because right now, it's a bit of a hobby, national pastime, to notice what other people are up to and have a lot of opinions and thoughts about what are good actions and bad actions. So it's always helpful to start with what we can control and that's what we're thinking and we, how we are acting, right? But I think it's really helpful to recognize the power of small actions to create huge impact. Small actions, right? Because what we want to view is the interdependent web of kindness 
of all humanity, right? all beings, what do, what do we say? Sorry, <laughs> I haven't been a UU for a while. <laughs> I'm a little rough on my tenants, but we want to insert kindness in there. We want kindness to be part of that. So what we're doing is bringing even more meaning to that interdependence, really reflecting upon how, precisely how we are weaving or embellishing the weave that's already there. So maybe we can think of it as embellishing. Would you enjoy embellishing the web of interdependence? This is going to be beautiful over here, isn't it? So you can think, ooh. Has anybody put one in? You're like, and your thread felt very special and important, you know, and the overall effect will be powerful. But I was thinking about small actions of kindness. So this is interesting to me. When I first ordained, um, I wasn't a full-time nun. Uh, I still worked in New York City, and I ran around doing various things, cobbling my life together, and practicing Dharma very sincerely, um, being as sincere a practitioner as possible, but I had to work and run around quite a bit. And it was interesting, because yes, yeah, sometimes when I walked around in my robes, be walking down the busy streets of New York, and somebody would just that was the strangest thing in New York to have somebody smile at you, just arbitrarily walking along. And I thought, oh, isn't that nice? They got some little blessing or something from the robes, like maybe just the thought of seeing a Buddhist, you know? But a lot of times I wouldn't be in my robes. I would just be walking down the street in my civvies, and somebody would just, and at first it was a little unnerving. I thought, well, you know, because I'm wearing my hair a little longer because I'm in Sierra Vista. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to cherish others. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like... It, it was different, you know? They were, they were picking up on something in my heart. So because I think you all can take it here, um, in Buddhism, at a certain point, when we're committed to a spiritual path, we have lots of practices where, where um, we invite the spiritual guide, we invite Buddha down into our heart, or we simply remember Buddha at our heart, and we try to really operate in all of our daily activities from that recognition, you know? Because we're not yet enlightened beings, but we want to take one with us wherever we go, you know? Um, connect, you know, like that. And I couldn't help but feel that they were picking up on something that I wasn't even aware of, these completely random smiles, you know, in New York City. People are busy. But even in a brief little moment, they were able to, to, to connect with something. And I think how powerful that is. So what if when we go to the grocery store, and if you know anything about me, you know that I think the grocery store is the single most perfect place to train your mind and hone your, um, your spiritual um, aspirations is at the grocery store. So let's say you're checking out, and yes, you're tired, you've had a long day, and you can see the cashier is on her last thread, and the person ahead of you did one of those things that people sometimes do in line at the grocery store, you know, and you can just see they're on her last you know, her last nerve, and it's your turn. And you say, hello. They say, how are you? You know, they say, hi, welcome to Safeway, how are you? Because they have to say whatever they say, you know, how are you, how are you? And you say, fine, thanks, how are you? And what you mean is, how are you? You're taking a moment to connect. You are dependent upon this woman to ring up your groceries, this man, so the connectedness is already there, but what's the quality of it? 
What's the quality of it? Well, be kind for just a moment and say, you gonna get out of here pretty soon? 15 minutes, oh good, good. You get to go home and put your feet up tonight? No, I gotta make dinner for the kids, you know. Think, oh, kids, that's nice, how old are they? Just keep sort of gently redirecting and having this pleasant little thing, well, beep, 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 the groceries are going by, right? So what if that small action of just being kind, recognizing another living being who's kindly ringing up your groceries and not for nothing, works in a grocery store. I mean, I, we don't lie in bed as children think, oh, hope I get to be a cashier when I grow up. You know, it's, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you know, nobody just says, golly, I'd love to be a cashier. You know, it's, it's so kind of them to be there, let alone the night stock people and those other jobs. But here's this person. Maybe it's a single woman who has those two kids and she has to go home after this and cook dinner. And if you're just a little bit sweet, a little bit of a smile directly in their eyes, just looking right at them and saying, I hope the rest of your day gets better, or just something sweet, just opening your heart to this other living being with a little bit of sweetness. What if that makes the difference between going home and and wanting to wallop her child for not doing this or, or you know, being grumpy about having to cook dinner and then the kid comes in and spills something and then there's a mess to clean up. What if that little bit of kindness made a difference when she got home with those kids? Because maybe we remember a time when our mother was on her last nerve and we did her some, you know, said something that kids do and, you know, something unpleasant happened. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? It's a very small thing, isn't it? But it's that connectedness. It's stepping outside of ourselves. It's recognizing the kindness of others. We want even the people who are frustrating and irritating us are kind. In many ways, they're the kindest of all because would anybody here enjoy increasing their patience? Would anybody here like to be more patient? What do we need if we want to be more patient? Someone to irritate us. <laughs> and you know, maybe there's even a cashier that you avoid. It does happen, I know, right? Not that line. Maybe think that line. I need, I need to work on it for whatever reason, you know? Um, yeah. So this is, this is a different way of, of, of looking, or not a different way, but a, a richer way. You know, this is adding huge depth, power, and meaning to this interdependentness and, and really contemplating the power of small actions to bring about huge benefit. You know, these days, thanks to social media, we can see that one child... Um, there was, there's a couple of these, I get them a little bit confused, but there was one little boy who lost both of his parents and he's like five years old and he said, you know, nobody smiles anymore. And he, he, he took his savings, he had like $50 and he went and bought toys and he just wandered around and he'd see people that didn't look particularly cheerful, he'd give them a little toy. And it, it wasn't the toy. It was that connection, that reaching out and recognizing you're just like me, you're having a lousy day, here's a rubber ducky. <laughs> Do you know? 
small action, huge benefit, you know? So that's where we're trying to go. We're trying to recognize the power of every moment. And this is sort of the symbiotic approach to the interdependent web of existence, recognizing that my small actions matter, you know? And here's another way to look at it, because, and this is sort of feeding on the grocery clerk who's having a long day. What if we can shift them from a somewhat negative state of mind to a slightly more positive state of mind? Small action, but you can see the rippling effect. And so it's really beautiful to think about the rippling effect radiating out from our heart, the effect it has on others. This week I went to a memorial service for somebody. I didn't know them very well. I just knew they always smiled. <laughs> Diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, which is one of the ones you don't really want, you know. Well, he was still able to go to the gym every time I saw him. Hello, he smiled. He was just so happy all the time, even when he knew his life was coming to an end, right? So that uh, the room over at Hatfields was packed for this person. Room filled for an 80-some-year-old man. Frequently as we age, you know, the older you are, the fewer people turn up for such events. The room was full. And, of course, it came to that moment where if anybody would like to share something about... Um, this person that we've lost, and his vet was there. The woman that taught him English was there. Um, one of his nurses were there. Um, several people from the gym were there. Um, just, he touched hearts. Every single person that stood up said, that smile, that smile. And I had such a clear feeling that the world was a better place due to these small actions. Look at the connection that happened. Standing room only for a celebration of his life, you know? Can we smile? Can we smile at our neighbor who we know is going to vote differently than we are? Can we, can we smile at our neighbor who's voting for you know who? And you know, this works both ways, I hate to say it. They're thinking the same thing about us. Can we smile at them? Let's, let's, right? And that's not easy sometimes, you know. Can, can we smile at somebody who's literally just been rude to us? We can try, we can try. And if you think about, you know, I, I love this example of the cashier because we all understand that long, hard day. Maybe she snapped at you because all day long she's had to deal with us. Forgetting that you pay for things when you go to the grocery store. Not really putting the coupons in a natural place to find or you know, whatever it is, right? So to me, it's helpful to first recognize our dependence upon others for everything. That is such a humble mind. Everything we have comes from others. And as Geshe Kelsang said here, without others, we are nothing. We are nothing. Even our body came from others. It's unmentionable bits of our parents' bodies and copious amounts of food kindly created, you know, grown by others. 
My body, it's mine. What could be more mine? Came from others, right? Such a beautiful, humble mind. I depend on you. I depend on you. I need you. So from a Buddhist point of view, we need others because finally this is how we achieve our highest um, uh, attainment, full enlightenment, is independence upon others. It is only through others that we can develop universal love and compassion. So we need others to challenge us, to, to get in our face and holler at us, to tell us we're stupid. We need others to be experiencing suffering that allows us to give rise to a pure-hearted wish for them to be free from suffering. Interesting, isn't it? It's a different view. So please enjoy the interdependent web of kindness today. Really spot it. You go to get in your car, kindness. You go, I, I have to say, I passed two. I passed Gary and Burl today. <laughs> Small actions making a big difference, right? Smaller carbon footprint. It's a beautiful thing, right? Maybe we can't ride our bikes, we can carpool to church. Um, little, little actions, you know, just really feeling that every little bit helps. And if you see the kindness of people riding their bikes, you can at least rejoice and think how wonderful, you know, like that. Looking for the manifestation of kindness around us all the time. You touch your car handle, you think the kindness of others. You set food on your plate, you think of the kindness of others. You go to an interaction with others um, where that challenging person is and you think, Kind, you're so kind to chafe me just a little bit because I can hardly talk to my neighbor right now. <laughs> I need to flex my mental muscles with you. Thank you, you're so kind because you just give me a little bit of grief like that. Okay, so we're enriching that web, we're, we're feeling the great power of every moment to impact the web of interdependence because um, our actions affect others, right. Um, and others affect us. It only takes one cell in the body going rogue, right? One cell going rogue in the body. Huge ramifications, right? It's called cancer. One cell. Starts with one cell. So if one bad cell can do that much damage, how much good can a good cell do? If a good cell, a good cell could do... <laughs> So, you know, we can, be, we, can be a, we can be fabric in the web of life, we can be a cell in the body of life, but let's just be our best cell, let's be our best strip of fabric and, and really embrace this, um, that, this recognition of interdependence and enrich as much as possible, bring as much meaning and benefit so that at the end of our life, um, as it draws near, we can feel like we made the world a better place through our uh, wisdom relation with the, uh, the, the web of life. Something like that, okay?